What's up, guys? This is UFC Unwrapped, member of the Unwrapped Sports Network. I'm Brent Sahadi. Follow me on Twitter at UFC Unwrapped and also at Unwrapped Sports. You can listen on podcast.com and the Pulse Podcast Network, which you can find at pulsepodcastnetwork.com, or you can download their app on the Apple Store. Also, we're on the Purple Podcast app that comes with your iPhone. It would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe and rate there. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I have a very special guest on the episode. It is Devin Powell, a UFC lightweight. I'm sure you guys have all heard of. He gives a lot of inspiration, a lot of his motivation, and a lot of what drives him to be a fighter and how he got involved. So stay tuned for that. And also, I'm going to be breaking down the fights this weekend with Rose Namanunez facing Jessica Andrade for the title, Anderson Silva versus Jared Canonier, and Alex Volkanovsky versus Jose Aldo. Hope you guys enjoy. Alright, so the first fight I want to talk about is Jose Aldo versus Alex Volkanovsky. So, Alex's last opponent was Chad Mendez, and that was an incredible fight, incredible matchup stylistically. That was incredibly close, and I know MMA math doesn't usually make sense, but we saw how Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendez played out the two times, and one of them was a really close fight, and the other one was kind of a domination on Jose's part. So something about Alex, though, is that he used to weigh around 225, and he's 145 right now. He used to weigh 225. He used to play rugby. Different sport, uh, different size, different cardio issues you have to deal with, but he has true strength, and he's been at that weight before. So even when someone cuts down to 145 from a weight like that, they still carry a lot of strength that they had when they were bigger which is why we've seen which is why I think we've seen Alex be so successful at 145 is just he's used to bigger guys he's used to enduring more strength than what these guys put on him that being said Jose Aldo is Jose Aldo and his only losses have really come to Max Holloway and McGregor how are you going to count him out I got Jose Aldo to win this fight I think he'll get maybe a second or third round finish I think his speed is going to be too much for Alex. His strength is going to be incredible. Alex wouldn't have felt any strength like Aldo's, especially in the UFC yet. And I don't see what Alex does better than Jose on any facet. So I'm going with Jose on this one. The next fight is going to be Jared Canonier versus... Anderson Silva. So, yes, Anderson Silva is 44 years old. I'm just, I refuse to hold that against him because he performed pretty well against Adesanya. Went to decision with him. He's going up against 11 and 4, 35 year old Jared Canonier, who has not had that impressive of a run in the UFC. He's had a couple knockouts in the past couple years, but other than that, 
we we just haven't seen any consistency from him. His last fight, he looked incredible, and he beat a, a good guy in David Branch. But come on, we're talking about Anderson Silva here. I mean, this guy can win a fight, even to this day. He has the tools. He has the mindset. He's going to beat Jared Canonier by most likely a decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him catch Jared. I wouldn't say it's going to be a front kick to the face type knockout, but it might be some sort of knee, some elbows. Uh, we'll probably see a flying knee knockout from Anderson Silva in the late first or early second round. And lastly, we have Rose Namanunes versus Jessica Andrade. So this is a fight I wouldn't suggest anyone to bet money on. Although the last two fights that I I mentioned are very close, they're practically pickums. Uh, this one pretty close too. Jessica slight favorite. Look, Rose, if you're gonna doubt her, I mean she hasn't lost in four and a half years. And even before then, she only lost to really good competition. She lost a split decision to Carolina Kowalkowicz in July of 2016. But ever since then, she's beaten the likes of Michelle Watterson. And she beat Joanna twice, which is insane. But then you have Jessica Andrade, who is just absolutely incredibly powerful. We never thought we'd see Gadella get beat and... Gadelio got beat really bad by Andrade. Dominant, dominant win. She beat Tisha Torres. She also beat Carolina Kowalkowicz. Uh, she did lose to Joanna by decision. It's crazy to me that Joanna withstood the power from Andrade, but was able to beat so many other people. Anyway, that's not the point here. The point is, in the last three fights, Jessica's looked phenomenal. And in her last fight against Carolina, she... Literally knocked her out twice before she even hit the ground. And you're only as good as your last fight. And that's why I would say don't pick anyone to win this fight. Don't put money down because, I mean, Rose, her last two wins have been against what people thought would be the greatest female fighter of all time at one point in Joanna. And then Jessica has been super dominant in her in her last three fights and especially her last fight so this is a fight that i would say sit back watch definitely eat some popcorn don't put money on it but if i had to pick one i would say jessica andrage gets a knockout probably in the in the late first round if rose can't keep her distance all right so i really wanted to make this episode about david powell who I was fortunate enough to get a around 20 minute phone call with and got to ask him some questions and really dig his mind a little bit. And I, I feel like we haven't really seen anyone hear this side of Devin Powell's story and his journey to the octagon and how he main, maintains his motivation. So I really hope you guys enjoy this listen. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Devin Powell MMA and please give him some love because he deserves it and You'll hear just from listening that he is an incredible guy and we should all be excited to see him back in the octagon. Also, go to UFC Fight Pass and watch his fights. This guy's never been finished, ever. Ever. Don't sleep. Enjoy, guys. Devin Powell, no 
Devin, how's it going? This is Brent Sahadi from UFC Unwrapped. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Uh, I just really wanted to say thanks for making time out of your day to to do this interview. It could be as long as you want. So whether if it's a couple minutes or I can go for as long as you want. So it's really up to you. But I really appreciate you taking the time. Sure. So there are some questions that I want to ask you, but I really do want to give you the freedom to talk um, really for yourself and let people know what you want them to know. I don't want this to be kind of a controlled conversation on my end, but I did want to start off with what happened in your life that made you decide you wanted to fight professionally? Um, professionally or just kind of do it like fight, like starting amateur and stuff. Yeah. Even that, like, did you know that you wanted to go professional when you took your first amateur? No, no. I mean, I just want to, it's one of those things that I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it, you know, like, um, the, the first thing was really, uh, it was just, uh, it was just to see if I could do it the, before fighting though. It was, I wanted to see if I could even do the training, you know, so it kind of all just went in, in a, a long progression of, of different events before all that. I played music in a band in high school and, I was kind of a lost soul after high school because everybody went to college and I tried and I hated it. So I, I found a job at a passport center and I became complacent there, um, just getting paid okay money and had health insurance. And uh, I was kind of the walking dead, though. And I'd come home every night and WEC record would be on where I could watch all these guys uh, kind of going and performing on a stage just instead of how I did it with music. They were doing it in a cage, you know. Um, and instead of music, it was fighting. So I found a gym and I just, I, I saw similarities with the performance aspect and I wanted to try it. So I started doing jujitsu, MMA, boxing, um, all that stuff all at the same time at a place called Seacoast BJJ and MMA. So I, I got pretty good and I started doing uh, jujitsu tournaments and winning. And then the next avenue was trying an MMA fight. So I fought. Um, I lost a decision that I thought I won, um, was heartbroken, but you know, it's one of those things that if it's part of you, it's part of you. And sure enough, the next day, pretty much it was right back on the horse to training and I kept fighting. And then I became the number one, 155 in the Northeast as an amateur. So the next step just felt appropriate to, uh, to go pro, especially because I found out I was having a kid and I had no money and, um, I needed to, to get paid to do it. So. That was the next step, and I started fighting professionally. So at that point, when you when you knew that you were going to have a kid, it was more than just about yourself at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man, that's incredible. Um, so when you became comfortable fighting, when you knew you had the abilities to go professional, what was your favorite technique, and what made you? realize that you were different than these guys that you were getting in the ring with? Um, my favorite technique, I mean, I've always been a big fan of my triangle. You know, I I, uh, I think my jiu-jitsu is maybe my strongest suit, but I've never really tried to enforce it. It was kind of uh, kind of my striking that would always lead to the finishes on the ground where I'd knock somebody down and I'd get on top of them. But... Uh, I just feel like I've always had a, a tenacity and um, a drive that it's, it's hard to kind of to put me away or get me to want to stop. 
and I know that when I connect on things that it, I go right through people. Um, and, uh, you know, I've never really been hurt in a fight. I've uh, never really been uh, um, close to finished ever. I mean, I've had injuries in fights, but I've never been near near put away. I've never even been caught in a single submission. I've had to really defend or anything. I've never been knocked down and hurt. I've been I've been hit and lost balance and fallen down like once or twice, but uh, never been knocked down. And just I think I uh, you know I think that people have have uh, snuck away with fights on scorecards, you know, by playing the game. And, you know, it's uh, – but I don't think anybody's really got a great equation to try and put me away or, or anything. People usually just don't really want to fight me whenever they whenever they get lined up against me. See, I've, I was actually going to bring that up too because you don't have any finishes in your losses. No one's No one's ever finished you. Uh, you've only lost decisions, whether they were split decisions, whether you actually won the decision and the judge gave them the coin toss, but you've never been finished. I think that's that's a huge attribute, and it's not something to look past, and I think guys would be afraid of that. If they yeah. know that they're facing a guy who's never been put away, they're not sure how they would do it themselves. And, uh, you know, going back to when you started fighting for your kid, too, I mean... You had six wins in a row. Four of them were actually in six months. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Because I, I think people don't really know that about you. You had you had four back-to-back wins in in like six months in 2016. Yeah, uh, that was a, a crazy string of events. I mean, they kind of just kept falling into place. Um, and I mean, I liked it aside from the fact that I was pretty banged up. Like when I, I fought... Uh, I, I mean, I, I have my own academy, and we're about to have our five-year anniversary. So with all that, it was a little bit newer at that point. And it was hard to tell if how much more fights I was going to be able to do with, with trying to run that. But I ended up getting a fight um, at a combat zone, I believe. Uh, and then uh, from there, uh, you know, I won that fight. Another one just kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, I ended up getting a chance to fight for the, the New England fights. Uh, 155 title, and um, I, I was pretty banged up for that camp. I could only hit mitts from southpaw because my back was so messed up, um, and I couldn't grapple. I uh, was only using like a an old like an aerodyne bike to do cardio, and uh, but it was just a chance to fight for a title, so there's no way I was gonna back out. So I uh, was fortunate enough to get in there and get the job done. And before I even got through that fight, I got an offer with World Series of Fighting to fight. Um, to fight on a, you know, a big stage. So that was something at that point, I just, again, it was was a no brainer to take the shot. So I took that fight and and got the win. Um, again, really banged up for that fight, but got, got it done. And then I was trying to rest. I was probably a month, maybe, uh, maybe a month of resting at that point, really not training to try and get healthy. And I got a call saying somebody got hurt for the Dana White looking for a fight show. And, uh, I, Again, another no-brainer. I, I hopped right on the opportunity and was fortunate enough to, to get a call, uh, or not really a call. I got, uh, I got confirmation after I, I won my fight and breaking my nose and tearing my knee in that fight that they wanted to uh, to uh, sign me. So that was the, the four fights in a, in a six-month um, time frame. 
so crazy. I appreciate you touching up on that too, because I I was really curious about that, and uh, I feel like just no one really no one really talks about that, and they don't know where your mindset was going through that. So I appreciate yeah. you dipping into that a little bit. Yeah, it was a it was a wild ride. It was it was cool and it was it was crazy. So when it comes down to your career as of right now, is it the same motivations that are are getting you through your to the fights through your training camps? What's what's it now that's driving you through that? Um, I mean, I'm always driven um, just because I you know I'm, I'm competitive and I uh, I love the sport and I know I know how good I am. I know with people I train with where I fit in and I, I just feel like I've had a you know I've had some really strong ups and downs and uh I've had a couple unfortunate things happen that uh really impacted I think some of my performances which just suck um but you know that that's the fight game you can't really control things like that like my la- my last fight I felt awesome in the first round and then I got hit with I don't even know what it was I think a high kick that uh that blinded me in my right eyeball for the rest of the fight. And it was, a, it was a, definitely the scariest injury I've ever had in a fight. Um, in between the second and the third, they were asking me if I was okay. And I just said, yes, but I mean, I was blind in that eye and it was, uh, I was also fighting a lefty. So it was, uh, everything kind of was a lot more difficult from that point on. So really just, I feel like, uh, most of it's something to prove to myself that, uh, how good I am and, and who I can perform, um against still you know and i know i'm still young i'm, I'm only 31 and i, I know I, uh, I train incredibly hard and uh but I'm, I'm i feel like i'm pretty safe and i try and take care of my brain in between camps um so and, and again it's not like i've been knocked out a bunch of times or ever really damaged in any fights except for a couple cuts and uh you know a couple uh you know broken bones and uh, torn knees and things like that but uh as far as like the brain i feel like i definitely got some more mileage left to kind of knock myself around so it's just a lot of it's a personal thing you know i uh, i have my own academy and i could definitely transition focus a little bit more on that but uh i always say till the wheels fall off so i uh i definitely want to prove myself a little bit more before i completely hang up the gloves so then when can we expect to see you again? You know, I, it's something between me and my management. I've been, uh, that last fight was, uh, was a little strange even before, um, like what happened inside the fight, because when I fought in Canada, um, after, after the fight, I was put into physical therapy because I had, uh, some back issues. Um, and I, I mean, it's kind of just, ongoing stuff but i just i told the ufc that i was having these issues they put me into physical therapy and then after i was in physical therapy for a handful of weeks we got a notification on twitter saying that i was fighting in argentina so i talked to my manager i was like hey what's going on with this like i'm in pt trying to get healthy and now it says i'm fighting um and he contacted them just was like well i guess they offered this fight to them and they didn't accept it yet but news sources got this information and they basically just posted it so like basically we kind of got to take the fight so it's like okay i'll take the fight so it wasn't until a week before i left for to give me permission or give me clearance so that i'd be even allowed to compete in the ufc 
Um, so they gave me that clearance. I went and fought. And then immediately when I came home, I was back in physical therapy trying to take care of my back. And because of all that, I was, I was finally a little bit more stern with them. I was like, can I get some MRIs and get some good looks at what's actually going on here instead of just like being put in PT? And they said yes. So they, they did MRIs and it turned out I have, um, there's a bunch of little things, which is just all fighters will have. But the main pain that I deal with it was uh, based on two vertebrae that were misaligned and one of them's pushing directly on my spinal cord, which is a pretty big deal. So I've been getting spinal injections and, uh, and doing a bunch of stuff to try and, um, alleviate that uh that pressure and that that injury that i have so that's kind of what we're we're dealing with right now wow i mean i'm sorry you're going through that. that's terrible so uh, definitely take your time uh, accommodate those injuries i know that you have a lot of heart and it sounds like you're definitely not trying to pump the brakes on your career and i don't think anyone who's seen you fight wants to see you call it a career so you so you think that there is definitely potential we'll see you again in the UFC once you get your injuries under control or you're just kind of hoping for the best at this point yeah yeah you know it's a uh, it's such a cutthroat organization um, I know I know that I belong fighting in the top of the you know the, the top of the world's organizations whether it's UFC, Bellator, um, you know, one, Risen, um, PFL. Basically, we take it day by day. Um, before I fought in Canada, I was pretty much told they weren't going to give me a fight. And then um, I was begging for a fight for 13 months. And then all of a sudden, a 30-day camp fell on my lap. And I, I got the, the job done with the liver kick knockout. You know, and then I got this one that I wasn't expecting um, to happen because of, like, all the injuries and stuff. And then I got it. And then... You know, it didn't go my way, so it's uh, it's uh, it's up a hill battle all the time. You know, you kind of just cross your fingers that everything's gonna work out, but all you can do is keep training every single day. And I'm also trying to rehab my body and, and take care of it a little bit more than I have in the past. But wherever it is, you know, I've I just made a post about it. Basically, between I only boxed twice, but between MMA and boxing, this next one's gonna be my 20th time entering into a, you know, a combat sports, um, event. So, uh, it's going to be fireworks, no matter what it is or where it is. I just, uh, I know it's going to be big. So I'm excited for the, the next one whenever and wherever. So, uh, I'm not definitely not done yet. It's just the kind of up in the air, what it's going to be, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Hey, yeah. like that's a beautiful mindset, Devin. Um, I, I know that any of your fans would be excited to hear that too. Whether it's it doesn't matter what organization it's in, everyone just kind of wants you to be healthy, get back in when it's when it's your time, so that way we see the best Devin Powell in there. Yeah, and another thing is like the, I fought four times in six months, and I had my whole team, my friends, my family all there. Um, my mom has never missed one of my fights until I get to the UFC, and um, she hasn't flown in like over twenty years because she had a terrible experience with turbulence where like the plane was just all over the place so the last four fights were um arizona oklahoma and then they put me out of the country twice canada and argentina so it's been like three full years since friends family and my team have actually been able to see me and support me so biggest thing for me when i fight honestly is like unless it's a 
all those are super exciting, like Argentina, Canada, getting out, you know, seeing the world. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the States, I would love for my family and, and everyone to see me fight for once in, in a, you know, in a handful of years. That's really what I, I got my fingers crossed on. I would love to fight in Boston or in Madison Square Garden. Something like that would be a dream. So we'll, uh, you know, just play it by ear. But that's definitely, uh, that's huge for me. So are you living in Maine right now or are you from Maine? Uh, I live and am from Maine, and I cross-train at Lausanne's, um, and I own Nostos MMA, which is in Summersworth, New Hampshire, so I live right on the border. Okay. It's about about two hours to get to Joe's. Um, we do that uh, We do that once a week um, on Mondays, and then on Thursdays, three camp. And then on uh, Thursdays, I go to Summersworth. <laughs> As you can hear, I get a dog. Yeah, it's a little, I hear. A little I hear. crazy. We just finished strength and conditioning in Massachusetts with all those guys like Calvin Cater and Ralph Vaughn, Mike Rodriguez, Joe Lozon. So I oh, also awesome. go there for, for that. So, You're yeah. training with some great guys. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, I just have one last question for you, and then I can let you go, man. So yeah. I, I really just want to know, who is your dream fight? If you could pick anyone, retired or not, who would you love to be in the ring with? <laughs> You know, I've I've never ever like called anybody out, and I, I still don't um, really consider this calling somebody out. Um, uh, but before that Argentina fight, I was uh, I was um, talking to Sean Shelvin, and he said that he liked it a lot. And I just thought that fighting John Gunter would be good because he's uh, um, and I think it was before he fought that uh, Davy Ramos guy, but he just has a funny mustache and he's a complete goofball, and I feel like I'm pretty much the same person. And he's not, <laughs> pretty decent grappling and he was kind of riding a high with the ultimate fighter show um at the point that i had kind of said that um and he was one to know in the ufc so it's really the only person i've ever <laughs> said that i i wanted to fight um but it's you know i i really don't look at it that way i kind of just wait for contracts to show up and, and fight whoever you know fear nobody but respect everybody and that's kind of my mindset just uh say they send a contract you know sign it and just let's go i love it man i love it so uh look i mean when you know what your next step is when you know if you're gonna have a fight scheduled i'd love to get you back on sometime so that way we can talk a little bit about your opponent and you can talk about your mindset going into that fight with your new opponent and overcoming those injuries that you've that you've overcame because i know that there's a lot of people who also that listen to our podcast that are overcoming their own injuries that they'd love to be able to hear the motivational side of your story as well. So hopefully we can get you back on sometime. Um, maybe when you get a fight schedule or if you ever just want to get on and talk just for whatever kind of exposure, I'd love to have you on again. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. We love, uh, we love this stuff. You know, we don't, we don't get the limelight as much as some of these other professional athletes that or the money. So we, uh, we appreciate the opportunity to kind of speak, you know, speak about ourselves a little bit. So sure. thank you. Absolutely. And uh, I'll I'll send you a link a little bit later. This podcast is going to be up uh, early tomorrow. So I'll send you a link. That way you can hear it for yourself. And I'll send it to you on Twitter as well. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, Appreciate Devin. It. Have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. You as well.